this episode of the mental health podcast today i'm joined by nicholas um good friend he's really into sort of poetry spoken word and he also has his own podcast but nicholas if you wouldn't mind just sort of you know giving a bit more of an intro about yourself um that would be perfect uh yeah of course um so i'll introduce myself um i am probably known in no way for anything that i do however I will happily brand myself as the one pretentious enough to have a middle initial publicly plastered everywhere. Um, And I do poetry, of course, with no financial gain. I am a, uh, what am I? Oh yeah, sixth form student, final few weeks of sixth form. Uh, And I am a technically a student business consultant uh, alongside a charity advisor person thing I, I don't quite know how to describe it essentially i'm pretentious enough to call myself a creative that's i think that's probably Perfect. yeah where the line can be that's, that's a really good way to put it <laughs> um yeah so today we will be discussing basically all things creative we'll be looking at spoken word poetry and how those you know practices both writing reading and listening um, can actually help improve mental health. Um, so the three questions today we'll be looking at are how has poetry helped you deal with and manage your mental health in the past? Secondly, as usual, zooming out to family and friends, how would you advise others to get into spoken word and poetry in an effort to improve their well-being? And then as always, finishing on on, on the government, the bigger picture, um, what can the government and other institutions do to make poetry more appealing to men? Because I think it is evident that poetry um, poetry and men has not been a mix in, in the mainstream, certainly, um, that, I, that I see very often. I think poetry is very much seen as a feminine pursuit, but we'll get into that, you know, later on in the podcast. Um, and just to give some stats to back up, you know, the reasoning behind this episode, uh, source is the Daily Mail. A new report based on 196 people with psychological problems found that 75% of that 196 found writing poems to be an emotional release. And also two thirds found that reading or listening to poetry helps them to be able to relax and feel calm in the face of mental health illness. Okay, so yeah, Nicholas, starting off with this first question here. Um, For you personally, how would you say that poetry and spoken word has helped you manage and deal with your mental health in the past? Um, I think the best way I can really go about this is that poetry, as according to that the what the Daily Mail article, as much as I um, absolutely detest that news source, um, the it does give an emotional release both in the sense of reading and writing it because as with all art it reflects what you are thinking i mean what was it um oh what's his name uh antonin arto i believe um said something along the lines of was it antonin arto or someone someone that's that's who i'm quoting someone (laughs) um source uh, trust me bro (laughs) (laughs) uh said uh something along the lines of the artists make the complex seem simple Mm. and scientists make the simple seem complex something along those lines it's that kind of thing that the artist can make a the hardest things really easy to talk about or not really easy to talk about but at least tangibly easy to put into words or put into uh visuals so i mean with depression and mental health with 
with, of course, the anthology that this is in in promotion for. Mm. Anyway. All of the different efforts are combined to allow people to connect with their innermost thoughts and feelings. And with poetry in particular, I find it to be the one of the rawest art forms, especially with the way that I write it. I don't choose to edit it unless it's a yeah. random typo that I don't particularly like. Um, because once you get into that flow, as it were, if you if you're an artist and you're listening to this, I'm sure you'll understand. Once you get into that flow, it's quite hard to stop yourself. So you're going to continue going, and you will see that. It, reflects your mind especially seeing as with poetry as you'll know luke there is a intended meaning and then a given meaning as it mm. were so yeah so i just have to say at this point as well apologies for not mentioning it at the beginning but yeah nicholas is one of the main contributors um to the mind of mind and uh, of mind and matter anthology um that is due to be released in mid-may um so yeah we will be doing a you know instagram live on that just to count down to sort of the premiere and obviously if you um, want to find out more about that feel free to check my instagram account um i was just going to say yeah in, in in terms of this question i fully agree with you there um i think in a way poetry as an art form it, it does a really good job of making really sort of um yeah, intangible and immaterial or taboo subjects, very easy to, um, yeah, it, it puts it into words and it makes it easy to understand for, I guess, the general public and people who may not have an understanding of, of said subject matters. Um, and I do, I do think, on a personal note, I think, obviously, I sort of used to be really into, like, entering poetry competitions and things like that, and I used to love um writing poetry i guess for it not for selfish reasons but um you know to win competitions and to try and get into con competitions try and get into you know try to be shortlisted or longlisted um and that was the main driver and a lot of the subjects that i wrote about were not really personal to me it was more general things um for example i would pick a theme that i had no connection to and then try and construct a po poem around that. But what I've found is I had a long break from poetry. Um, and then obviously, like I've mentioned in previous episodes, um, yeah, 2020 wasn't a great year for my mental health, but in a really twisted sort of way, it gave me a lot of subject material. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think hopefully when, um, if anyone listening does manage to, you know, purchase the anthology when it's out, um, I, I think you'll be able to see that. And I think, again, it's evident in, the way that Nicholas writes that it, it that sort of flow he was talking about it's very very strong in each poem um, and if if you are writing poetry and you do actually sort of edit while you're writing to try and correct things it's very easy to lose that flow and then your whole semantic what you're trying to achieve um, the collection of themes that you're trying to work with that just becomes really mm. sort of diluted I guess and really confused um, but yeah, I'll say on a personal note how it's helped manage. I, I For me, it's less reading poetry. I'm not a massive reader of poetry, I have to admit. Um, but in terms of writing it, it's such a good way. Not even and, and the thing is, people think poetry is just rhyming, <laughs> you know. Um, roses are red, violets are blue. I know there's a whole stream of memes on that. But um, people think it's just rhyming, rhyming couplets. But it's it's not at all. Poetry is anything you write down effectively. If it's got if it's got a meaning, if it's got a, almost a narrative, I guess it is. It's poetry. It doesn't have to rhyme. It, it can even be. I, I would personally include even some kinds of journaling within the remit of poetry. I know it's quite a contentious subject. People have very strong opinions on both sides, but it's such a good way to take your intangible feelings and put them down on paper. And it's a way of offloading. Um, I don't know if you agree, Nicholas, with with sort of that, but yeah, I I completely agree with the fact that it can it can be par parallel to journaling because uh, I I mean I I'm trying to think the best way of wording it. Um, yeah, with the poetry that I've written recently, uh, or up until this point at least, has been written every week, as it were. So I write a poem every week unless I seriously can't be asked or I don't really have any 
any create um which i uh, i know a lot of people can suffer with but that one poem a week is where i find i can see where my mind is headed or where my mind has come from so it is in essence another way of understanding what you're feeling so i mean personally i i have never I, i've never journaled or not not um not happily at least so uh, also i uh, the the thing oh the kind of wellness thing that people say oh yeah write the write things that you're grateful for on a piece of paper i did that for a while and then realized i'm writing literally the same thing and it's quite repetitive. I, I am. I, I. It could literally just be a job now because of how much I just know the words, which of course is kind of a bit of a an ungrateful thing. But I'm, I'm sure in anyone's life, the first world problem. Yeah, yeah. You can you, you can see why that would be a um, an issue because you're not really connecting with yourself. However, I, I mean, I know this is linking more to the final question, but I would urge anyone that wants to try to just have a go because it is it's like poetry and art or at least my philosophy my philosophy around it is if it's shit you can call it experimental and people will still (laughs) call it abstract yeah (laughs) that's gonna offend a lot of people (laughs) oh i know it will i know it will i'm contentious (laughs) like that yeah but um that's that's my personal opinion because you shouldn't you shouldn't allow your fear of not seeming perfect with your mm. flow to stop you from writing or creating yeah. in any sense. Definitely. And what I would say to people out there as well is if you want some, um, I guess poetry can be very sort of, I don't know what the word is, very ethereal. It can it can almost be sort of just like something floating around in the air. In, in the air. Everyone thinks oh, it's very hipster. It's the sort of thing you'd have like, if you've got loads of hip- hippies sort of around a bonfire, you know, strumming a guitar, a bit of spoken word, you know, I think a lot of people have it very misconstrued when actually um, a lot of the stuff I write is actually adapted from a lot of the stuff I've heard before or that I take from popular culture, for example. So if you're listening to a song, if you've got a really good song um, that you listen to a lot, maybe just think about the lyrics. And if one really pops out to you, maybe use that as a basis, you know? And and what you'll find is your poem sort of moulds itself into something that's a lot more personal. Um, even when you start off, you know, because again, if that song's really personal to you, if, if you relate that song to experiences that you faced, by taking a lyric out of that song, which means a lot to you, you, you sort of subconsciously, your writing will become, again, extremely personal and um, based on your experiences. And what I'd say as well is, Again, it, no one needs to see it. It can be a very private matter. It can be um, you, literally, if you've had a bad day, instead of maybe taking that out on someone else in, you know, by being angry or, or keeping that all inside and letting it boil up, just get a sheet of paper, a blank sheet of paper, and just write down what's making you annoyed, what's making you angry. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be amazing poetry made of, like, stanzas, and it doesn't need to have... Necess- it doesn't need to necessarily even have a poetic flow. It's just writing things down and using the medium of writing. Even if you if you like painting, for example, any kind of creativity can be such a great outlet for you to just let go anything that you've been hanging on to for the day. So, yeah, just as like a closing thing for this question, I guess, for me, poetry has allowed me to sort of it's it's almost like if you've got a a dam and the water behind the dam's really building up, it's really about to burst. Poetry is almost like opening the. I, I don't know the structure of a dam, so if there's any engineers listening, feel free to like scold me because I this may sound really stupid, but surely there's like some kind of taps or pipes they can open to release water slowly. That's what poetry is like. That's what creativity is like. Because if you let your your everything in your head, you know, whether it's depression, anxiety. Um, that stuff can build up and if it's got nowhere to go it's going to come out in a very in a, in a very dangerous way in a very damaging way to yourself and to others around you so if you can if you regularly write down your feelings write down how you're feeling or express those feelings through an art form um then it's much less likely for that process to happen because 
as you're feeling, say you're going through a day and you're feeling negative emotions, you know at the end of the day you're going to write that down and then those those some of those emotions are going to be quelled. You know, it's not it's not sort of a quick fix. It's something that you really have to get into the habit of. Um, but yeah, that sort of does set us up nicely for the next question, I guess. Um, and I'd actually aim this question. Obviously, it's a men's. We do talk a lot about like men's mental health. I, I do feel like in this matter as well, men do have an issue with accepting that actually things like poetry and and creativity, which you know, for 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 a lot of history, have been regarded as feminine subjects. I mean, even for my course at uni, I think there's a seventy thirty percent female to male split. Um, even though the uni as a whole is a lot more sort of male oriented orient, oriented. Um, I, I do think men have found it difficult to to see that actually creative things are really good at releasing, you know, builds up of mental health, negative emotions of mental health. Um, so the second question is, how would you advise others to get into spoken word and poetry specifically um, as a way to improve their well-being? Well, um, I think... Uh, to be entirely fair this this episode will be uh get into poetry and do it now that that feels like what the <laughs> what the the small trailer could be but how can you tangibly get into poetry and spoken word i would say the there are two ways first you create blindly without looking at anything which sometimes works. I've done it before. Like you, you, you barely know what you're doing. You just have a go and see where it leads you because it will, it can almost always surprise you when you do it blindly. But then the other thing, because spoken word is very much my forte in, in some ways, because I write, I write poems for the intention of them to become spoken word pieces so they are structured like a poem would be however i have my own special way of saying it that kind of gives it gives a signature to it um and with spoken word the best way of getting into that i would say is listening slash watching some some quite good uh spoken word artists i've got quite a few on the top of my head but i won't say them just yet so I just have to say as well, I do, I do think I agree with that. And it doesn't have to be necessarily some old guy in a white room saying poetry. There's a lot of like modern day music artists who are turning very much to spoken word in their music. Loyal Corner, Arlo Parks, just to give a few examples. So it doesn't have to be something really dry and dull. It's actually something that's quite exciting. And um, you've probably listened to in the past as listeners without even realizing their spoken word. Sorry, sorry, Nicholas, I just wanted to, uh, to put oh, that in no, there. I, I don't blame you with that one. Yeah, the well, with me, I, of course, I, I have quite a few more niche um, spoken word artists because I, I got into spoken word and poetry probably 2016, I want to say, around whenever the nationwide adverts started that's how that, that was my <laughs> gateway into spoken word artistry uh, it feels cringy to say but you stick that on my fucking tombstone i'm i am having it um <laughs> yeah inspired by nationwide adverts i think that's probably a good good uh good quote that is um anyway that born in the uk made by nationwide <laughs> yep uh yeah but one of the the poet that kind of gave me that gateway into into spoken word was uh someone called matt abbott and then i i mean i i don't think he'd be able to do it now but i managed to get in, into contact with him quite quickly um and researched a lot about him realized he's winger within the british um british creative scene at least um signed to a record label which he then uh left he's now in a like a band that he owns he owns a spoken word label he's writing poetry anthologies here there and everywhere alongside doing podcasts and stuff anyway enough of ass looking matt abbott um <laughs> uh there matt abbott then i also have one of my pe teachers who was who is now birmingham poet laureate Casey Bailey, very heavy influence because 
essentially as as we were walking um from the main school to wherever we did PE because I had him for one year and it was that formative year where I was discovering spoken word and poetry it would literally just be speaking about poetry which is uh, I'm sure you'll agree Luke is probably one of the nicest things you can do when you realize you're a poet. yeah I have to say really breaking stereotypes there as well like a PE teacher talking about poetry you could definitely write a book on that because I don't think many I don't think there's many PE teachers out there who have a real fascination with poetry oh, yeah. not not to like offend any PE teachers who may be <laughs> listening but I just it's not it's not two things you'd usually put together. Oh, I I completely agree, but to kind of bring that um that thing to a point with the people that you should probably get into like searching um regardless of whether you're British or international, you've got Matt Abbott, you've got Casey Bailey, you've got Shane Quigzan, who is probably one of the best mental health spoken word artists out there in my opinion. Um, then you have got uh, Kev P. Uh, Gilday, I believe that's his name, uh, Mira Sala, uh, Luke Wright, <laughs> and then many more. But yeah, uh, the the label, like what's the label called? Uh, Nymphs and Thugs, that's the label. And then the press, or like there's various presses, but Verb Poetry Press, mm. Burning Eye Books, and the Emma Press are very good places to kind of bring yourself into the more recent poetry scene because as much as we um absolutely love the gcse poetry anthology um it it isn't necessarily terribly uh connecting to our souls so it's probably a good idea to find those people who reflect your voice as it were like i remember one of the one of the poems I included was about a, I mean, yeah. it was about some. It was a very weird subject matter. I think it was about Japanese bombers in World War Two, and I was just thinking, like, in terms of pressing issues for our generation, I don't think that's a pressing issue. Um, <laughs> I feel yeah, like, kind of yeah, I feel like actually this is something that we'll discuss in the third question. But yeah, go like. In terms of helping people around you, if you are someone who's interested in poetry and spoken word, one way to make them, again, like I was saying before, one way, I guess, to introduce people onto that is by sharing some of these artists, these spoken word um, creators with them. And also, like I said, musicians as well, because I feel like if you find a real bop of a song and it's got spoken word in it, someone's much more likely to really connect. They'll be like, oh, wow, this is good. Like, what is this? What genre is this? You can be like, hmm, it's basically poetry. So <laughs> you should get involved. Um, but no, I, I think it's strange because poetry and mental health are actually very, very interwoven. I think people don't realise this. Most poetry is about mental health or something psychological. Very little poetry is about something entirely physical it may be written in a way which describes something physical but i can i can pretty much assure you that 99 percent of the poems in the world are talk are using a front of something physical to metaphorically talk about something that isn't i know it's quite quite a complicated sentence there but um effectively most men most poems discuss mental health which is why i chose it as a medium um i guess to you know write the write the anthology and um i I think something that's quite interesting is that actually previously throughout history i I know something someone said to me is how how can poetry help mental health you know it's so many poets commit suicide and things like that and i'm like yeah that is true but if you actually look at the context most of the young poets young creators who have committed suicide it was at a time when mental health was not discussed and just to sort of put yourself in their shoes can you imagine being in a time where mental health isn't even recognized there's not even such thing as mental health itself the word probably at that time in the 1800s and before wasn't even invented or it certainly wasn't considered in mainstream by mainstream health professionals now can you imagine finding a way that really helps you release that meant that mental health the pent-up emotion that you feel and then it being almost laughed at by by the public or misunderstood by the public, you know, you 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 you'd probably feel that you don't really have m- 
you know, you, you probably don't have any avenue to turn to and the healing effect of the poetry is rendered almost ineffective. Um, so to anyone who sort of uses that argument, I'll say you need to know your you need to know your history and context. And one thing about poetry that it can do, it can really open your eyes to your deeper levels of emotion. It can. It, it's certainly not superficial. And again, even if you're ashamed of sort of writing poetry, you're ashamed. Well, what if what I produce is awful? What if it's absolutely crap? What if, um, you know, it doesn't even flow and, and none of it makes sense? Well, I would say poetry is such a subjective art that if to you, it helps you get out emotion and release emotion and get down those really private issues that you don't want to tell anyone, um, then it's done its job. It's more than done its job. Um, and like I said, there is particularly effective. Say something's happened to you or you've been feeling really, really low sort of in your mental health and you just feel embarrassed to tell anyone um, to actually steal up and sort of get the courage to tell someone writing it down perhaps in the form of poetry perhaps in the form of just a journal journal entry um can really help you in that process of actually having you know having the strength to go and tell someone um so like i said it, feel free if you're listening to this podcast you know just pause it for a few seconds and maybe write down three things um doesn't have to be poetry is like the least um statistical thing but like just as a starter, like if you don't know where to start, just write down three things right now, I guess, that have been bothering you. Um, and then maybe reflect on it for a minute and then just chuck it in the bin. And I can tell you, you'll feel so much better after that. Um, and the more you write, it's, it's very much like running in a way, actually, just combining all of my interests here. But it's very much like running. There's not really... You do pick up skill, and I think some people do have a natural inclination to it, but the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. The more people you listen to the more tutorials you listen to things like that the better you'll get i think mm. um yeah if if i might just add a small thing um i don't know whether luke would be uh luke would be up for doing this but if you are listening to this and you're thinking how the hell do i get into spoken word artistry poetry all that fun stuff just send send me a dm wherever you can find me and i am more than happy to attempt to help because if i can help a an aspiring artist in whatever form i'm more than happy yeah um especially if it's something that you that you can use to save your mental health and make it get better do you want to yeah do you want to shout out your instagram tag so that if people need to they yeah, can i mean i on all socials that i want people to find me on you've got the pretentious middle yeah middle initial yeah, <laughs> i i mean you can find me pretty much any, anywhere if you type in nicholas j barlow but failing that you can, <laughs> uh, you can find me um at the tag at nj barlow that is with the o substituted for a zero if that makes sense so yeah <laughs> that's quite edgy to be fair yeah. um and i'm just underscore luke brand that's b-r-a-n-d loads of people think i say brown because i can't really pronounce my r's but it's all good Ooh um so yeah feel free to message either of us because again i want this podcast to be one that is incredibly practical incredibly interactive and i really do love it when um you know listeners message me and say you know that really helped and stuff so feel free to message one of us if you want to get into it um because all i can say is that it's never increased my mental health issues it's only ever decreased them and helped to heal them um and again, looking at the stats, actually, 75% of people found that writing poems was an emotional release. I mean, you can't argue with those. I mean, you can probably argue with the source, but you can't. <laughs> not enough, do you know, not enough research being carried out. I had to resort to the Daily Mail, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm not arguing with their statistics. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, moving on to the third question here. Um, again, sort of zooming out for a government level, but then also honing in on on men's men's um the, the male relationship with with poetry in particular what can the government and other institutions so that's universities schools um what can they do to make poetry more appealing for men um well straight off the bat uh have a section within any form of english uh study which has poetry which is seen as modern contemporary 
which is actually modern contemporary because the last time I checked, um, as much as I uh, admire the poetry inside said anthologies, there are only about two poems that I can really find any form of connection to. Um, and that's because mm. those two authors are still alive. Um, and yeah, the, I, I think that's probably the best way of putting it. If, if your authors are still dead, if your authors are dead, I wouldn't class them as modern contemporary personally. So um, yeah, that, I, think that's, I think that's a majority of what I can say <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think um, age and context certainly matters. I mean, today um, I had a little spell. I have to admit, I had a little spell of road rage for a car in front that wasn't indicating, and then I realised that the car was as old as me, and that kind of shut me up. So yeah, timings and age really matter, and I do agree with you there. Um, I think society as a whole have just got this whole thing wrong. Um, poetry is not a feminine pursuit. It's actually, I, again, I would say the whole, our whole idea of strength and weakness as society is wrong we see um we see men that cry as weak and that men that hold their emotions up as strong uh, when in reality to actually to actually be emotionally um intelligent enough to actually reach that stage where you you realize that your issues are are are, are really serious and that actually by crying you actually release a lot of those emotions um that that takes a lot of strength and courage to get to that level of vulnerability vulnerability isn't always weakness and i feel like the reason that men as a whole um i mean i don't have the stats now but i was looking earlier and and men the the male demographic in terms of the general public they they don't interact with poetry um anywhere near as much as level as, as as women do for example i think the reason for that is that we've as society attached poetry to weakness if you see what i mean because it does elicit emotion it's a highly intimate art form and there are certain poems that perhaps if they really strike a chord with you you know you might shed a tear you might it might hark back to an emotion that you felt um and i agree with nicholas that never happened during gcse or a level english <laughs> I'll be reading a poem and I'll be like, oh, this is nice. But I like I just can't really connect connect to it, you know. So I certainly think in terms of institution level um, and yeah, like at the level of institution, government, education, we definitely need a rethink of which poems are including in the curriculum. Um, I would fully support having young spoken word artists going into schools um, because a lot of the spoken word scene is very it's a very young um, demographic it's so dynamic it's constantly changing and it's one of the few creative spheres where there is actually quite good representation of different cultures different diversity uh, a lot of diversity um, representation of different um, you know genders orientations uh, backgrounds like it is such a vibrant scene it's not it's nothing like the poetry movements of the past and I feel like if you really promoted spoken word and you sort of jumped on this wave then it would be great. But at the minute, the people running the country and the education system are old, white and probably male. <laughs> like, yeah. They have no connection. They have no connection with what's bubbling under the surface. They probably don't even know what spoken word is. Um, and I, I think the only way you fix that is by getting spoken word artists into, um, into ad advisory roles, consulting roles, consulting the government of what they should do because they've been using the same poetry curriculum for about 40 years it's probably it's probably older than the current form of gcses you know the the um the poems they use for o levels are probably still around and that's shocking and i think in terms of for for men perhaps even perhaps even getting making sure you get male spoken word artists in um people who you know um, young young male students can look up to and actually say oh that's quite cool you know I, I want to get involved with that that looks really mm -hmm. that's really cool because at such a formative age at really young age that's when obviously your brain is at its highest level of development and growth that's when there's so many changes happening things like you know puberty things like that um, and you're starting to decide who you want to be you're molding your identity you're thinking who do I want to be in this world and where do I what do I want to achieve where do, where do I want to be in the future so if you're getting um, young male spoken word artists in i feel like that could really encourage 
um, the next generation to really sort of get behind it. And like I said, some of your favourite artists, rap is actually, in my opinion, a form of spoken word. Um, it's not quite singing, but it's not quite poetry in a way, but it's a way of releasing your emotions. So everyone who listens to rap, you're effectively listening to poetry. I'm sorry to inform you. Um, and, and there's actually a lot of rappers these days who are using spoken word within their work. You see a lot of albums where you have a set of songs and then you also have interludes where the artist is doing a spoken word piece. Um, maybe they're using a recording from a family member. Um, one of the ones that I saw recently, I can't remember the artist, it may have been Arlo Parks, um, but she actually had a recording of her mum reciting a poem in one of the 40-second interludes. Um, in one of the other interludes, her dad, who had you know, passed away, he was doing, uh, he was, um, they took a video from when he was alive, a recording of him reading some of his poetry, his favorite poetry. So next time, if you're listening to music, listening to an album, that bit comes up, maybe don't click past it. Maybe actually just listen to it and try mm. and take it in. Um, yeah, and I think it's great that, it, it is great that we're having things like, you know, um, not to like blow my own trumpet, but like things like mental health podcasts and things like that. It's great that we're having a lot more of these, but for long-term healing in in terms of mental health it's been proven here that getting into things such as spoken word poetry writing things down journaling they do genuinely help um what i would say is in, yeah sorry yeah, go on Nicholas. i i think one of the one of the greatest things that institutions globally could do i think uh, i mean new zealand is probably the only place that we can really uh, look at <laughs> look at their systems and think oh they're actually doing something right for once um you know like <laughs> governments have been known not to be the most reliable because they're run by people who are about 30 years older than the population that will form the next government it's uh I'll yeah, probably make it. It's, it's, it's make a bit it of an ironic thing, to be entirely honest. But the what what needs to happen? What I've found is with myself, I want to go into the creative industries, and because I believe that experience is worth more than education in certain senses, I will attempt to get into the industry without too much academia. Of course, I value academia, but let's face it. If you can uh, triangulate something, it's not going to particularly help you get on the stage, aside from we <laughs> build one. Um, yeah. So I, with that, of course, my uh, what the education system has been built up in a way to funnel people into an education system. Of course, I've got no problem with that in theory. However, it has been built up especially quite recently due to our wonderful government in a way that goes into the more scientific arts as it were so i've got nothing uh, i mean yeah. design is actually quite an arty thing then but but then you've got like chemistry even that they consider that creative it could be creative but who who, who really knows <laughs> yeah exactly it's not i'm sorry I'm sorry. Uh, what really bugs me about that on that note is that there's such an emphasis on STEM subjects when the creative industry in the UK is actually responsible for more income than the oil and gas industries combined. I think there's another industry you can put in there as well. We're the third highest ranking industry in the UK. And yet the government find it OK to just reduce services and, and defund creative services whenever they feel like it. And it's like this will come back to bite you. You may not be in power, but it will come yeah. back to bite this country. The, the creative industry, um, yeah. which spoken word is a heavy, like the spoken word and poetry, uh, in, in my personal belief, it is where the majority of creativity can all be boiled down to. It's like it is one of the most raw forms of creativity because you don't necessarily have to edit it. And it's just for you that it's. I, I mean, most creativity, in in my opinion, you can correct me if, if, if you feel I'm wrong, Luke, is in essence quite a selfish thing. You write, you write, you write it for yourself. Yeah. And you, and if you're a create, and if you're a career creative or artist, you write it for yourself in 
then in then for the order to happen that you sell it to others so you are selling your innermost thoughts but when you put it into mm -hmm. another like thing with with science like you you are just selling your intellectual property in the sense of like you've formed a new drug or something like i've got nothing wrong with the sciences or business things i mean i do business business consultants uh, consulting for god's sake I, i've got nothing wrong with it it's just that yeah. creativity is a incredible benefit and resolution to what humans have been conditioned to do for so long because it provides that mm -hmm. change of pattern and the repetition because you cannot yeah. you, you cannot be a repeated creative you can only create the unique things mm -hmm. that are unique to you so yeah that's that's my two cents <laughs> yeah um i think like <laughs> i know i'm quite harsh towards engineers but at the same time, I feel like repetitive roles such as engineering, they cause mental health issues. <laughs> Whereas creative, the creative industry sort of solves mental health issues. I don't know, very big generalization, but I feel like the monotony of life is something that causes a lot of mental health issues, like the idea that you're not moving forward. And that's why during this pandemic, um, that's why so many people who've never experienced mental health before, it's now come to the fore and they're really starting to grapple with it because this idea that we never move forward, we're just perpetually stuck in lockdown, <laughs> which is what it feels like. Um, it can really grind you down and it can really force you into some dark places. Whereas mental, whereas um, creative things such as like I said, spoken word, poetry, um, any film that you watch on TV, any Netflix special, um, that's all been powered and fueled by creativity. And, you can't tell me that things like that have not helped during this time. In many ways, it's been the only slight, you know, glue that's kept us all together, um, kept everything together, everything, everyone just, you know, surviving. But at least, it, at least we've had that had that outlet. Outlet. What would what would it have been like during nineteen eighteen, the Spanish flu, when literally yeah, we had I, those, like newspapers? I, I think, I think <laughs> the the one thing that I can really say in regards to creativity. I, I'm trying to think of a, a good analogy to put forward. It's, um, yeah. So, say you'll wake up. You'll wake up in a bed made by a carpenter. I'm generalising, of course. Then you'll have your coffee farmed by a farmer somewhere in Kenya. Of course, those two, agriculture and then, um, what, like, fucking design? I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where woodworking goes yeah. into that industry. You you know what I mean. Um, then then you'll yeah. go downstairs and switch the TV on, made by a many techies to generalise again, and um, <laughs> probably loads of people being paid tuppence to work in a sweatshop. Yes, I'm generalising there, but I yeah. think we all know it's true. We all know it's true that Apple and people don't particularly pay their workers that much. But uh, uh, and then you will watch the TV, either news or uh, what fucking friends. <laughs> no, bad, bad example. <laughs> you should have said something like money heist, you know, good, good yeah, series. You'll you'll be watching something that has been written by a creative. So you will you will have had like your five a day of different disciplines within those first five minutes. Within yeah. a few minutes. It's literally if if you haven't you if you haven't consumed or done something creative within your day, you are severely disrupting the pattern that your life wants you to do, if that makes sense. Because you even even back in the the back in the prehistorical caveman era, I don't quite know where to stick that because I'm not a historian. Mm. Um, they they were creative as well with cave paintings, and uh, I'm sure pro I'm sure they probably yeah. drew sticks in the sand and shit like that. Creativity <laughs> is a fundamental human need, and 
I think it's what I think it's what pushed us from animal. Well, I know technically we're still mammals, but pushed us from animal to human. I'd yeah, say. To, to deny ourselves our creativity is to, is to deny ourselves a basic human right. Yeah. It's all right. We've had the police do that during lockdown. No <laughs> joke. <I'm joking. laughs> I just love. I love ruffling a few feathers. I actually love the police. It's all right. Well, no, I don't. But I appreciate the work they do. Anyway, um, I think in terms of yeah, again, like technically, what the government are doing is slowly, slowly degrading us of that right. Because even though I understand services such as police, NHS, very integral, important services that need funding. At the same time, this is all going to blow up in, in the government's face and the public's face um, if we're not careful. Because if something else like this happens in the future, um, again, creativity technically is the only thing we really have pulling, pulling us through. Can you imagine if we didn't have any any TV, any YouTube, any, you know, every type of social media, creativity has been an integral part of that process. Imagine a world without any logos. Like, how awful would that be? Um because text in itself is it so i'm getting a bit graphic designing here but what i'm trying to get at is i feel like for anyone out there and any man that has been conditioned to think that poetry isn't isn't a manly or worthwhile pursuit um you're just wrong <laughs> you're just it's, it's just wrong and and you're actually denying yourself the opportunity to heal from any mental health issues that may be lurking under the surface because you know, if we, I, I think true um, masculinity, it doesn't even come down to masculinity. True humanity is about reflecting on yourself, reflecting on things that have harmed you, reflecting on perhaps the way that your behaviours have harmed others, and then moving on and growing and refining yourself. And we'll never reach a state of perfection, but we can at least try. Um, and in terms of sort of more serious mental health issues such as self-harm and suicide, it has been proven that, again, poetry and, and spoken word and even reading in general can cut those rates by a considerable amount um if you don't know in terms of reading if you don't know where to start think of what your favorite film genre is maybe it's fantasy maybe it's action maybe it's sci-fi and then find find some books in that area if you don't if you've got dyslexia like i, I did receive you know dyslexia training when i uh tutoring when i was younger to try and mitigate the effects of it but if you've got dyslexia, then you can, you know, listen to an audiobook. Um, I'm sure any of us would love to listen to an audiobook narrated by David Attenborough or like Morgan Freeman. You know, that's come on, that's a joy. Why would you why would you deny yourself the opportunity? Um, just listen to just just try and immerse yourself this week, I guess over the next week, um, before the next episode. Try and immerse yourself in a form of creativity that you haven't immersed yourself in before and see what it does with your mental health. You might need longer than a week, but it's not only just a distraction, it can actually help us relate to other people's experiences. And then again, align our own experiences with what we're watching or listening to or seeing. Um, and again, I think as a message out there for sort of to the, to, to the, to the men specifically, um, poetry is not a feminine pursuit. It's not something that you, sh you should just see and be like, poetry, like, well, you know, what can I do with that? Um, it's actually something that if you've had really deep, perhaps um, really traumatic, perhaps it's, I don't know, childhood trauma or really deep running issues such as anxiety and depression that you've never really dealt with because you're, you, you, you don't want to appear as weak. You don't want your ego to be affected. I have to say to you, you have to try and sort that out now because it was just going to get worse and worse. Um, and a lot of the reasons I think people bring up like midlife crises and stuff, I genuinely believe a lot of midlife crises are due to people not dealing with their mental health at an earlier age. Uh, obviously, a lot of people in, in the old generation at a time where were born at a time when mental health was laughed at and it was sort of seen as something imaginary, it's, it's something that doesn't exist, that isn't real. If you don't deal with your mental health now, it, it will come and strike you, you know, in a few years time, in a few months time or whenever. Um, and for those people out there who think, oh, I'm doing perfectly fine, you know, my mental health's doing fine. I, I mean, there's probably not many out there at the minute, let's be honest. But for people who are saying, well, this is an issue that's affecting me now. Well, if you get into things such as journaling, writing down your feelings now, when something traumatic happens, because, you know, this life is, is 
horrible at times something bad probably will happen to you at one point in your life so to be pessimistic if you get into a habit of writing things down journaling then you trust me you'll be able to deal with that situation a lot easier um but yeah i think for today that wraps up our questions quite nicely um as usual i would ask nicholas do you have like a final statement or something that you just want to really sort of um really want to sort of speak speak about to our listeners um, before we sort of end well, this episode okay there are two things one slightly narcissistic but i'll leave that to the end um <laughs> i would say that whoever you are listening whoever is listening to this whenever they are listening to it and wherever they are listening to it if you have found this in any way useful feel free to share it with whoever you want but make sure that you enact what we have said because without action you cannot see the progress that could be made so don't feel bad on yourself if you are spending time uh what listening to audiobooks of uh, the next great fantasy or watching videos of spoken word artists that I've said earlier on in the episode because you will be giving yourself a release and a dopamine boost that you probably won't have had for a very long time and it's probably going to do you quite quite a lot of good if you allow yourself to disconnect from the notifications that you get on your phone and the work calls or work emails or what school communications I don't know what age you might be but allow yourself to indulge the creative side of your mind even if it is for 30 minutes or 30 days because you will thank yourself for it and you may gain a different perspective on life as a whole the second thing is I have a podcast it's the unscripted podcast. You can find out more when you Google it. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, thank you to everyone who's listened, tuned in. Um, like Nicholas said, feel free to share this with family and friends, but most importantly, try and enact what we've said, write down your feelings in any way you can in any shape or form. And yeah, that should help you along the way of solving a lot of, I guess, mental health issues and reducing the effect that they have in your life. So thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.